Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. Okay, I got Ross Arab with C12 Tampa Bay, and I got Robert Smith with St. John's Hearing Institute. Today, we're talking about personal discipleship, starting your day off right. And the whole premise of the show is we're, we're talking about being prepared for workplace ministry. And in order to be able to do workplace ministry, gentlemen, we got to get prepared right. We've got to start our day off right. And so many of us, and I used to be one of those guilty people, so many of us, when the alarm went off, jump out of bed, we run into the shower, we get our clothes on, and zoom, right down the street, we get to the office, and we go, we go, 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 go. And about 10 o'clock at night, we slow down, and we think, I'm going to read my Bible. One chapter. You know, we fall asleep. And, and God never really gets a piece of any of that action. And we realize that how in the world can we possibly do workplace ministry if we don't give God the first and the best parts of each day because our hearts need to be transformed in order to do that workplace ministry and they can't be transformed if we don't give God that time. So, gentlemen, Ross, Robert, welcome to the I Work For Him show. The fact that you sleep, that is amazing to me. I'm uh, I'm delighted to know that. I didn't think that was possible for you to slow down enough to, to actually sleep at night. Let's state the record clear that I am not the one who's almost had a heart attack yet. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Is there any chance that he's had Mountain Dew today? No, not a chance. No caffeine since yesterday afternoon. Wow. 
So this is strictly water. Oh, 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 but I almost sent you a picture. Robert would be very proud of me. I had a fresh strawberry, fresh watermelon, fresh pineapple smoothie with no sugar added for breakfast, along with Oh, I did have that chocolate chip brownie. <laughs> that explains it. And, yeah. and a cappuccino. Yeah. No, nope, no cappuccino, no coffee. Okay. No, this is all this is all real me. All right, gentlemen, I really want the reason you two are on this show as we talk about the theme this week, being prepared for workplace ministry is. You two have inspired me. Since I met you, Ross, I met you in 2012. Robert, I met you in 2010. Both of you talk all the time about the impact of your morning devotion time. You both talk about how intense it is. I have both. I have. I know in Robert's life, I've tried to get him distracted from it by giving him other assignments in his morning quiet time so he would finish his Identity and Destiny book because he hasn't got it done yet, for the record, on the air in front of yeah. t- 10 or 20,000 people. Okay. Um, and he said, no, God said I'm not supposed to do that. And, and i got to respect God in that whole deal, obviously. But you guys have such an incredible depth to your time in the morning. I wanted people to hear about it because we need to slow down and recognize that we will never make the impact on our workplace that we need to, whether we're the owner or an employee, until we give God the very best minutes of each and every day. You know, I think, Jim, that some of us are better at being human doings instead of human beings. (laughs) And so we get so involved in that next project, that next activity, and uh, setting up and being disciplined in setting up the day takes a back seat. And, and you know what else? I think uh, so many times, how many times have you guys had a conversation with someone that go, yeah, I want to read my Bible, but... And it's not like they don't have things to do in their day, but I think what really comes down, for me, it's coming down to ask yourself three questions if you're out there listening. Um, who is God to you, first of all? Um, and what is the Bible to you, first of all? And Well, you said first of all twice. Which one is it? First, second of all. Second of all, okay. Third of all. See, he is so analytical. He is so analytical. You, you really do sleep at night. I Seriously, do. Seriously, I don't know how you have time with all that analytical stuff. Reading. Thirdly, is, is what is prayer to you, right? Think about this. So who is God? Yeah. What is the Bible? Right. And what is prayer? Right. Okay. Now let me ask you a question, Jim. Yep. Um, when you met Martha, mm-hmm. did you want to spend time with her when you first met her? When I first met her, she was dating one of my buddies, so that okay. would have been a little awkward. But All we right. actually, but I actually worked. I did the end around them. They didn't go to the same high school as we did, so I spent time with her. But we were just friends. Right, I picked her right. up. She didn't have a car. No. I had a car. Mm-hmm. So abs- absolutely. After you abs- met her, after you were attracted to her, after after we after I after my buddy Scott said, Jim, you know you ought to take Martha to the prom alternative at church. That was in April of 1984. What time of day was it, by the way? It was in the afternoon. We were raking leaves. It was gotcha. a spring, early spring. <laughs> after he said that, and I don't know the date on that one, but after he said that, I never could get Martha off of my mind. I mean, she has been the driving force of my humanity and really the encouragement of my spirituality for 32 years. Did anyone ever tell you, you need to go spend more time with Martha? No, I didn't need to be told. Why? Because I naturally <laughs> wanted to do it. Why? I really like her. Why? Because God put that in my heart. Did you, what'd you do when you woke up in the morning? Did you think about her? Yeah. Okay. I, I never stopped. And when we fall in love with God, so it goes with us. No one has to tell us to read our Bible. No one has to tell us to get up and do this. When you love someone dearly, when you know someone dearly, 
You don't have to go by the rules. The rules take care of themselves. I don't, I don't think we ever talked about having rules for quiet time, but it is, it's amazing to me, though, how many times I run into people who say their lives have been impacted by Christ, and I say, well, are you reading your Bible? And, and what, what do they say, Ross? I, I have a friend the other day who said, no, wait a minute. You're saying you read it every day? And my wife said, well, yeah, we both do. Every day? Like, what are you getting out of that? Well, that's really the point, is is that if we uh, are seeking that sanctification process... Oh, let's not use big four-syllable yeah, words. Break that down, will you? Yeah, sanctification yeah. to a word. If we're looking to have that closer walk with the Lord, and we're expecting the Holy Spirit to have that be that change agent in our lives then we need to do our part which is simply to come alongside and to seek greater understanding which goes back to your your point about what does the word mean what does the bible mean and simply uh if we want to change um in our lives and uh and it's amazing how god does that and um, I can't tell you why I look forward to it more and more each day now than I did perhaps five or ten years ago. Um, but you kidded about almost heart attack, having a heart attack. But having bypass surgery, uh, my brother that's a pastor said, God, use that to work on your heart and to work on your heart. Amen to that. And so now, instead of flipping the page to say, how long is this chapter in the Bible? I now look forward to it. And I find using the books that I use, the various devotions, that sometimes that's kind of a quick thing. And other times I'm following that thread from one scripture verse to another and to another and um, and finding out what the Lord has in mind for me um, for for my day and there's so much in the scriptures that what's amazing to me is how many how few people recognize the fact that it's 1500 pages give or take a couple hundred depending on which version you're looking at whether it's a study Bible or not but it's 1500 pages of the handbook of life these two guys have been such a great example for me on their personal devotion time in the morning that I wanted to bring them on today for today's segment. We're, try- we're talking about the overall theme for the week is being prepared for workplace ministry. And in order to do effective workplace ministry, gentlemen, I know you agree, you've got to start your day off with the Lord. So, Robert, back to you. You were about ready to start this great story and I interrupted you, but you started it at you know 25 minutes, 25 seconds past the Right. You, you got know. the clock. We don't. So yeah. here's the deal, guys. All right. Ross, do you remember Jill back when, right? And Martha back when you guys... And Pam back when? And Pam back, my bride. So if their parents came to you and they and they said, okay, guys, here's a book. This is all about Jill. This is all about Martha. What would you do? I'm like, really? You want me to read a book? No, right. you don't have to. I'm just giving it to you. Everything you ever <laughs> want to know about them, what they think, how they feel, everything. That may have solved, solved several arguments over the last 28 years. I am sure of that. What would you have done with the book, Ross? <laughs> I'd, I'd ask Jim to read it and tell me about it. That's a, because he would get through that book gotcha. a lot quicker than I, I would. Yeah, for that. sure. Yeah. I, um, 
Yeah, certainly you'd want to know what some of those things are that uh, you could learn without having to experience the pain and the um, what what could go wrong. Or Je- okay, Wait a minute, well, what about you, Robert? Would you read that book? I was asking the questions here. Uh, it's okay. We're turning around. You. This is a discussion. Little, you see what I'm saying? I would have tore the thing apart. I would have read it the first night because I want to know what makes this woman tick. I want to spend time with her, you know, and uh, infatuation, passion, whatever you call it, uh, interest, curiosity. I would No one would have had to told me, have you been spending time with your Pam book lately? No, I would have read it. I would have stayed up late. What would you do with it? I mean, it, it would have been one of those very underlined, highlighted books, and I would have loved to have avoided some of the mistakes I've made. But we got married really young, so her parents would have still been writing it. So, mm. you know, they just said we could give, grow up together. They gave us permission to just grow up together. Because well, we, we got married. I was 19. She was 20. Ooh. That's right. We didn't have to have our parents sign for us. We were old enough to sign for ourselves. But, you know. So. Well, the analogy is, is simply this. God, our Heavenly Father, Abba, Father, Daddy, he sits down and he says, Son, I know I'm not going to be with you physically all the time, but guess what? I am with you, and I'm going to give you something that's tangible because you're a tangible Thomas doubting type person. I'm going to I'm going to take men, 40 guys, and I'm going to turn them over, and I'm going to use their heads like ink, and I'm going to write this book for you, 66 love letters. Of where I'm going to pour my heart out so you can get to know me and I can get to know you better. And you're going to want to spend more time with me. I think, for me, that's what keeps me interested. I want to see what he's going to say next. I know it's for me, to me. I think what's amazing is every time, and I've read, I, I've read my Bible just about every year through the Bible since I was 13. That's when I gave my life to Christ, when I really started walking with the Lord as a 13-year-old. And, and I've read it in three different versions. I first read it in the Living Bible version, and then I read it in the New International Version for 20-some years, and now I'm reading it in the New Living Translation, which I like very much as a compromise. Every time I read it, I'm like, really? I don't remember that. Wow, that's incredible. But it is constantly a reminder. I remember the first time I read the Bible, I, I looked at the Old Testament, and I thought, why does the God of the Old Testament seem so different than the God of the New Testament? Why, why do they seem so different? And then after I read it again, and then I read it again, and I read it again, I realized, oh, my word, Jesus is so personified in the Old Testament by the mercy, the extensive grace and mercy that God extended towards the Israelites over and 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 over again. That's our hope, because look at how he treated the Israelites and how Jesus treated people, and that's our hope, because... Our God is so big. And I think, Jim, that the the secret here is that these men and women of the Bible aren't exceptions. They're examples of how we're to live. And the fact is that we're in those stories as well. And, and, and I don't want to sound like a heretic here, but... As great as it is to read through the Bible in a year, to get someone who's listening, who's driving in their car, who hasn't even opened their Bible, not quite sure where their Bible is, is just to to get comfortable with it. How many times, and maybe I'm the only one, who started that January with the church as we were going to read the Bible in a year, 
and depending on the year, I might have made it to day seven or day 21 or month two. It's usually when you got to Leviticus, you're like, oh, really? I can't read that book. And so the fact is, I think that just getting comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. I know you're a guy like myself who who recommends people begin with the book of John. Uh, absolutely. And it's just it's just this wonderful introduction to, to what Jesus is all about and why God brought him in, in the form of a child and why he had to die for our sins. I, the, the whole story is there. And then from there, you can go on and, and, and read other things. And I think that um, I, I, I just don't want anyone to think like, well, I, you know, I don't have that kind of get started. Just well, Put your toe in the water and build, start to, to, to learn, Robert, what you said so well, what's in that, in that uh, manual for life. Well, and that's what we're, we're trying to talk about. Just to remind our listeners, today we're talking about personal discipleship, just getting yourself prepared for workplace ministry. And as part of this, we're talking about your personal devotion time in the morning. Now, it's been said, gentlemen, I've heard many people say it. Listen, I don't know how I could possibly give up that first hour of the day to do devotions. I've got so much stuff to do. And yet there are many great Christian scholars that would say, listen, if I, if I give up that hour in the morning, if I spend that hour in the morning, I never have a problem getting everything done in the day that I need to get done. But the days that I skip it, I never can seem to accomplish what I need to accomplish. So it is that writing period, writing being R-I-G, no, let's see, uh, to be righted, <laughs> like a ship being righted. I mean, it's that getting you sailing on the proper course. And Robert, as you start off, you get up a little early in the morning. Mm-hmm. How early in the morning do you get up to get started? Anywhere from five to six depending on where I have to go that day. And so you're getting up early to spend that hour in the morning. Why is that hour so important to you? Okay. One of the things I noticed when I walked in is that you didn't come to work here at the studio in your boxers. Is that true? That is true. Why not? It'd be awkward for Jody and the and the owner, Deborah Ray Roseman, and uh, uh, all the other people. Even Mike Miracle saying it'd be, it'd be awkward for him. Okay. And here's the thing. Why would we go and face this world undressed, unprepared, not ready for the battle? You know, Jesus said to the disciples, if you think they hated me, they're going to get you in the neck too. Be ready. And, and, and it's so cool how our pastor explains the real meaning of all. He says, all means all. So when Paul is, is talking about the uh, armor of God and that the shield will quench all the flaming arrows. Well, you guys ever get flaming arrows shot at you during the day? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Well, what's going to quench them? What's going to prepare you? Who's going to... Where's your armor come from? We got to have it. Okay, so you're saying you get that in your devotion time in the morning. Oh, my goodness. Yes. I couldn't face this world anymore without it. Just couldn't do it. It's a preparation. It equips us. It protects us. It builds us up. And, 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 it, and it tells us ahead. I mean, God, our Father is so awesome. He tells us ahead, you're probably going to get it today. Something's going to happen. But don't fear not. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And he doesn't. Why? Because he puts us in his protection, his armor. Yeah, I think that uh, just like anyone who's a true professional in their whatever their call in life is. Uh, but I, I think about 
those sports stars that we look up to. And and after the Super Bowl, and they asked, uh, now that you won the Super Bowl, what are you going to do well, next? Yeah. Go to Disney. But but Eli Manning, when he was asked, how did you put that pass right on the twenty nine yard line, right when you needed to? And and he said that he had thrown that pass thousands and thousands of time. And and so when he threw that, he didn't have to think about it. Well, it's the same thing, uh, Robert, as you were just describing. If we have the manual for life and we know these things are going to happen to us uh, th- and we are prepared for that particular time when we don't get angry, right. that we are understanding whatever it is that we've read about and we've looked at these examples that have been given to us, then then we can be prepared on how to be more Christ-like. The theme for this week is preparing you for work le- workplace ministry. And today's focus is personal devotion. How personal discipleship, learning how to do, start off your day right. I'm having a hard time getting it up. And, and, and gentlemen, really, the, the premise for that, before we go there, we're going to have to go to our, we have to go to our book site. But before we do that, the premise behind this, so that you guys are ready when we get back from the, the Karis Christian Books and Gifts segment, is to understand that without starting our days off as business people, without starting our days off this way, we can't have the kind of day that God intends for us to have. All right. But it's time for our weekly book highlight. One that I believe will deepen the impact Christ is making on your life. This section is sponsored, as always, by Karis Christian Books and Gifts. Our highlighted book today is written by Sarah Young. It's called Jesus Calling, and Ross has got a copy of one right here, uses it on a daily basis. Jesus Calling is a devotional filled with uniquely inspired treasures from heaven for every day of the year. This book is miraculous. Martha has sold over 3,000 copies right out of Karis Christian Books and Gifts. Every person I hear about that has had this book talks about the amazing timing of the daily conversations with Christ. This would be a great addition to any morning devotional time. That's Jesus Calling by Sarah Young. Call into the studio line 855-265-2929, 855-265-2929 to get that $15 gift card to Karis Christian Books and Gifts. Remember, read the book, don't wait for the movie. That's right, my favorite song from Whiteheart about reading the good book. That's right, read the book, don't wait for the movie. And back in the 80s, there wasn't a great book, a great movie on the Bible. Now there's lots of them, gentlemen. So, But I still, we're talking about reading our Bibles today. It is not sufficient to watch a movie on the Bible, is it? You know, there's so much depth here. There's so many tips, so many reminders. And as you said earlier, how many times you're reading a particular scripture and you go, where did that come from? I never remember reading that before. And then you realize it was underlined. It was, there was a little note next to it and you have no idea. But the Holy Spirit has put that in your life for that day, for that preparation, for that relationship. Um so. All right. So here's what I want. I want to hear. I want my listeners to hear this today. We all are doing our quiet times in the morning. You know, what's hilarious to me is, and this is embarrassing and hilarious, but we'll just go with both. 
you know, when I really, when life, when my life started getting really transformed as we moved on to Florida, and in 2005, I started my commute, daily commute over to Orlando every day, all the way to exit 55 on I-4, so it was 89 miles each way. I learned how to pray. That's right. It was 89.1. Robert's okay. laughing. Okay. And and in that time in my car, I couldn't get up earlier to read my Bible, but God started prompting me to pray for my bosses, my spouse, my children, my my uh, adopted children, all of the pe- people that are significant in my life. And he taught me how to pray for those people. And then when that job collapsed, when the economy collapsed in 2009, I didn't have to do that daily commute, but God still kept getting me, waking me up at six o'clock in the morning. Every day. I never need an alarm. I wake up at 6 o'clock every day. And for the first three years, I just ignored it, just in case anybody wants to know. Just ignored it. I'm like, Lord, I'd like to sleep longer. I don't want to get up right now. I'd like to speak to you. I don't want to get up. I'm laying down. So for three years, I just ignored it. And for the last two years, I have just said, okay, Lord, I'll get up. And I start the time of prayer. Gentlemen, I want us to talk about what are the tools that we're using to enhance our devotional life in the morning. And my favorite tool, I got to tell you, and this is inspired by both of you, is the journal. You know, praying, you know, writing down prayers in my journal. I mean, I, I love to pray. I talk to the Lord all day long. Sometimes I'm sure he's probably tired of hearing me talk about it, but I, but the prayer journal, I mean, I, I love to read my Bible in the morning. I love to read it at night. But the prayer journal thing that both of you inspired me to do has been the most moving part because I, as I pray and write it down, which my handwriting is not well, both of you know that you comment about it all the time, it, I, I see God speak to me as I'm writing that down. So that that's my piece. I don't use another devotional. I, I read so much. I I have read all of the ones that Ross has got sitting there. I read my Bible all the time, but it is I'm reading a D.L. Moody book right now. Which holy mackerel! I really like his stuff. Very practical. I would have been good friends with him. He's just right in your face, practical. All right, Robert. What are some when you start your devotional time five thirty to six o'clock in the morning? What are you doing? Well, uh, the first thing I'm doing actually is a word for word study. I'm in Romans right now, chapter eleven. And, you know, one of the things we're called to do in the Great Commission is make disciples. And one of the things that helps me is not only to get that part of my day that I'm going verse by verse, sometimes one verse, is I'm actually um, I'm texting it out as well. I've got about three little groups that I text it out to, a lot of high school kids, some adults. And I'm studying. I'm studying a commentary. And then I'll send it out actually to about 45 people. In the morning, I wait till after six thirty, though, just out of a little bit of respect and sleep time. But that helps hold me accountable, and I study it word for word, and I just let God speak to me. So what I do is that I take that, and I'm thinking of my friends, I'm texting it to, and I'm saying, "How can this apply to my life, Lord? Speak to me." And some of the comments I get out of the commentary, some of them I just get out of the well of my heart that God speaks, and I I try to make it where they can read it in a minute or less. So they'll actually read it. And there are a couple of you out there maybe who do. It's pretty cool. Thanks. That's Ross, the first thing. You've, you've got the Jesus calling in front of you. And, and I know that I'm, I'm leading you in this question, but I'm not meaning to. But have you seen what I've seen, the amazing power of God in, in just turning the page to today's date and how amazingly it can be applicable to what you're doing today? Oh, absolutely. And I think the... the thing that I like about Sarah Young's writing is that where all my other devotions, whatever I've done in the past and what I'm doing now, it's always telling me what Jesus said and what Sarah Young 
does is she's writing from the position of Jesus sharing. So in in the 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 words as they come across it's hey I'm telling you to walk closer with me in my presence in the present. And when I read that the very first time, it was this powerful experience. I wasn't reading about Jesus. It was that morning time with Jesus. And as Martha knows, I, you know, every time I come back, another copy. And as I meet people, I, you know, I've ended up giving it to all my family members. And uh, I gave it to my 91-year-old mother, who is a just addicted to worrying. And I, so I said recently, are you, are you, do you ever read it? And she said, sometimes I read it three or four times when I start to worry about something. That's awesome. And, and it's, it's become this great communication tool of what Jesus shared with his disciples. He's now sharing it with us. And that is powerful for me. Now you've got some other tools sitting in front of you. Yeah, you've got you know, your journal. Again, I'm with the, the as as the chair with the C12 group. I, I have an opportunity to share with a lot of guys, and um, as you know, uh, because I gave you a copy of it, um, the one year book of the Psalms, which is an incredible. I I thought David should be on some kind of uh, medication uh, until I got, until <laughs> like I, Xanax. Yeah, yeah, until I got this book. And it tells you what David was thinking or going through at that time. So you read maybe eight or ten verses of the Psalms on one side of the the book, and on the other page it's telling you something about what he was experiencing. And when you're reading this, you realize, I didn't understand it. And then you find out that Saul's on the other side of the hill trying to kill him, and that's why he's in the cave. And it, so it was, um, it, it, I've probably given a hundred of these books away uh, to folks. And You've also got an a, old favorite, My Utmost for His Highest. Yeah, Oswald Chambers. And uh, again, I have the updated version. The updated version is in... Written in uh, today's English? In today's uh, American English, right? And you know, again, a, a little more cerebral. And uh, yet what I've realized, there's nothing simple about Sarah Young. Oh, that's uh, for sure. Because it is deep and it just gets to your core. But uh, Oswald Chamber, uh, he, he really gets to the heart of the matter. Well, what I love about Sarah Young, too, is that on the bottom of each page, you can get different versions of the Jesus Calling, and some of them have Bible verses, just references down below, so you've got to look them up, which then gets you digging into the scriptures. We've been talking about getting prepared for workplace ministry by starting our days off right with personal devotions. And before the, the break, we were talking about the tools that we use, and both of us, are, or all three of us are digging through our Bibles each and every day. Ross is using sometimes his uh, one-year Psalms, uh, his, my utmost for his highest, but Oswald Chambers in today's English language. Jesus Calling. Robert, I know, uses Jesus Calling, uses his scriptures, doing a word-by-word um, -word search, and also doing uh, with a concordance and a, a commentary. I just... I do not use those tools. I use different ones, but it's, I mean, I use pieces of those every day. It's just a little bit different, but my biggest powerful thing that's impacted my life is just my, my journal, writing down my journal. And as I write down that journal each and every day, guys, God reminds me of people I should be praying for, people I should be reaching out to. And this morning, as I was doing my devotions, reading my Bible out in the back, back porch with the sun beating down on me, 
God prompted me with three or four guys. I just need to reach out to them, pray pray with, as I was uh, just texting them. So, Robert, I want to know, your personal devotion time, how does it help prepare you for workplace ministry each and every day at St. John's Hearing Institute, where you help reconnect people to the hearing world? You work with seniors from 85 to 105, but, you're, but you coordinate it through their children to make sure that they can get hearing so they can keep on living. How do you use your personal devotion time to help you do workplace ministry? Well, the scripture says that um, I've hidden my thy word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And, you know, I use the Bible. I use Jesus calling the night before. Um, I send it to my phone. I send it out to a list. I pray and um, I read some Proverbs every day. I read some Psalms almost every day. And then if I run or walk, I'll listen on the prompting of a friend, Jamie, by the way. Thank you. Um, got me to listen. And that gives me the big picture. You you can't slow the guy down. There's a commentary on your uh, audio. But with all these tools, and and as you get the analogy of God's Word flows through our eyes or our ears, and it flows right down into the heart, the wellspring of our life, the Scripture says, um, I don't know about you guys before Christ, but I had a very foul mouth. And I've still got some trash down there, as Jim knows. And once in a while, I dig out. But the point is, is when you when you get hit with that flaming ar- that arrow, whatever it may be, if you've hidden God's word in your heart, you're gonna regurgitate something wonderful and beautiful most of the time, not all the time. I still lose it. So you're saying the very responses in your heart have changed as you've hidden God's word in your heart. So that no when question. when you get customers that are unhappy or employees that are ridiculous or uh, just circumstances, you know, your financials or whatever it may be, that your response is different because of how you've just invested your, the word in, in your heart. Right, guys, listen, if you hang out in the bar at night and you drink heavily and you listen to a lot of four-letter words, when you go to work the next day, what are you going to use? Any questions? Well, I don't know. What's it like to hang out in a bar? <laughs> I, always get Shirley show, Tem- I always get Shirley Temples when I'm at the bar because I'm the designated driver. And- well, we're going okay. s- to set the bar a little bit higher. Okay, Ross, for, go for ahead. Our, so how the, do you – you're, you're a local C12 chair. Uh, you, you've got the three or four different groups that you're, that you're mentoring each and every month. You're investing in the lives of Christian business people. How does your personal devotional – and you're looking for more people. Those groups are not full. You've got more room for Christian business owners who want – want to take their faith to their workplace and do it effectively, how does your preparation and your personal devotion time each morning, how does it help you be a C-12 Tampa Bay leader? Well, the members of the C-12 groups have acknowledged that God owns their company, and they're on that journey of how to do it better. And so I just opened, as you uh as we went to break, and I went back to October 25th, and Sarah Young in her book says, I ha- this is Jesus speaking, I have chosen you not for your strengths, but rather your weaknesses, so you will rely on me. And to be able to then go into the workplace, be working with men and women who want to be walking with Christ in their businesses and aren't quite sure how to do that 
Perhaps they in their past have had that foul mouth or that anger issue. And then to be able to take the lessons of the scriptures, something that God has just laid on your heart that day. It is amazing, Jim, how many times I'll be sitting doing a one-on-one conference, uh, uh, like a coaching session, and all of a sudden, one of the things that I had learned that day... That day that I didn't know how I was going to use that. Mm -hmm. God knew I was going to be sitting across the table with a man who was struggling with whatever it might be, or they just have a question. And, And it's just being able to share with them perhaps a scripture that might have application in their life. Not being preachy, but the application for your life's work. So how does it impact your life? We've got just a, a little over a minute left. How does it impact your life? I take away your Bible. I take away your morning devotion time, and I say, hey, you got to get up. you got to go right to work. How does it impact your life? What kind of a negative impact would it have if you didn't start your day, Robert, in the Scriptures? The same as sending our troops out to war without ammunition. Ross, what about you? He is the king of analogies today. He's from southern Illinois. People down there are like that. My, it's true. <laughs> The founder of the C-12 group, my mentor, Buck Jacobs, says his day has 23 hours. And if he has a 7 a.m. meeting, he's getting up an hour early. And so it is the preparation for the day. And uh, without it, I'm not fully equipped to deal with it. And I've had a lot of practice <laughs> over my lifetime of, not, of doing it on my strength and not having the preparation and it has just given me a peace, a contentment, and as the as we've been talking about, the grace to, to, to face my day. So we're all saying, the listeners out there, the I Work For Him listeners, we're saying this is the absolute most critical thing you can do if you are a Christ follower. And you are in a workplace each and every day, <laughs> whether that workplace is at home with children or, you know, on a dock somewhere or in a, in a construction workplace, in an office somewhere, in a doctor's office, wherever you may be, wherever your workplace is, we're saying this is the most critical hour of every day. Start your day with the Lord because it will, it will impact your life. You will never be the same. We are telling you that the three of us here are the men we are. And yes, we're not perfect, but we're the men we are because of God's impact on our life, because of the time we spend in our devotion time. And, and gentlemen, I, I got to thank you for that discussion. Listen, as we come to an end of another I Work For Him show, picture this, if you will. Ross and Robert. The sun is shining and the clear blue ocean waves are passing by as the Royal Caribbean Caribbean brilliance of the seas. That cruise ship sails between Tampa and Cozumel. You can almost smell the salt air now as we talk about our plans for the upcoming second annual Cruise Your Way to a Better Marriage Retreat. Sponsored by I Work For Him. February 5th through the 9th, 2015, will be a time when you and your spouse can get away to invest in your marriage. No dishes to do, no sporting events to attend, no cell phones to answer. Just a few days together in a beautiful environment with purposeful discussions on ways to make your marriage strong, as well as plenty of time for those private discussions and alone time right on the agenda. Plan now to join us for this much-anticipated retreat. Find all the details on our website, iWorkForHim.com. That's iWork. 
iwork, the number four, him.com, or you can pop me an email, jim at iworkforhim.com. Now, Robert, have you and Pam gotten signed up for that retreat yet? No, the cruise? Pam, are you? Do you have that paperwork, Pam? That's right. Ross, you and Jill, we'd love to have you along. Listen, on tomorrow's I Work For Him show, we'll be continuing our discussions on this week's theme, Preparing for Workplace Ministry. Lori Hill and Patrick Maz will be joining us to talk about the value of networking and preparing you to do workplace ministry. You're listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower who owns my own business, but ultimately, I work for him.